Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As a Christian, consider this. I have it better. You have it better as a Christian, in spite of our trials and our persecutions and trouble, than people in the world. Because I always have hope for today. We say, what do you mean you have hope for today? Well, think about this. I have a clear conscience because my sins have been forgiven. That's a great thing to lay down at night and know. Second, I have purpose and meaning in my life. As Christians, we have a living hope because of the saving grace of God. We're here for a reason. The joy and peace we can have in our heart and the purpose and meaning that could define our life is because we have a personal relationship with the Creator of the universe. For those that are born again, there's joy because of the kind of hope we possess. We have biblical hope which drives us, giving us energy to work hard and make life useful. Our hope is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and is secure and blessed. Scripture tells us there's surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 7, with part two of our message entitled, Hope, Living for the Future. Let us hear your lessons for living. One would have been the tax collectors, IRS folks for us today, because they're always dishonest. And the second were the prostitutes. Look at what Jesus says when he speaks to these Pharisees. Matthew 21, 31, he says this. Jesus says to them, I tell you the truth, you hypocrites who have no hope for these people. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God <laughs> ahead of you. What, what did he mean? He meant the people you have written off are doing just fine because I haven't written them off. You see, we have to put on the glasses tonight of Jesus and not our own human hope. We have to have the hope that's biblical tonight that says that anybody can come. I want to challenge all of us tonight as we're thinking about this, that there's hope for anyone, to again begin thinking about friends and co-workers and neighbors and classmates, those difficult ones that maybe we have scratched off. Now, maybe we can't say much, but we sure can continue to pray, and God can change people's lives. Now, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 7. There is one exception to the principle I just shared with you. It's the only exception that I know that's in the Bible, and it relates to people who do not have hope. Proverbs 11, 7 says this, when a wicked man dies, his hope 
what? Perishes. Now notice that verse doesn't say, because a man is wicked, his hope perishes. What's it say? When a wicked man dies, his hope perishes. Contrast, all he expected from his power comes to nothing. That's an incredibly powerful verse. You see, unbelievers have no real hope unless they repent. So the exception to point number one that there is hope for anyone is this. There is hope for anyone except if they refuse to repent. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. You see, when Jesus came into the world, he came into the world that basically was without hope. And he brought hope, the hope of salvation. And we see it really clearly presented by Jesus. This is right at the beginning of his ministry. In Mark 1.15, Jesus says it this way, The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent just means to have a complete reversal of attitude, heart, and direction. True repentance after the initial emotional response of people being filled with fear and filling our churches everywhere. It's already started to what? Diminish. There are people that made new claims to God, new promises to God. They're already forgotten. It's not true repentance. There are many people that have come to our altars. Will all of those people be truly converted? It'd be a miracle because some of them did it as an emotion. We pray that they did and meant it and were serious, but many were not. Does that mean that we stop giving all their calls? Absolutely not. So I want to challenge you tonight to understand that repentance means there's a complete reversal. It's you were walking this way, you turn around and you begin to walk this way. Now it's not instantaneous that everything in our life is perfect. There's no sin anymore. It just means we know we have to move a different direction. That's what Jesus said. Notice, repent and believe the good news. So, what is Jesus waiting for? Well, he's waiting for this. Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. What promise? That he's coming back again. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to what? Repentance. See, there's a verse in Luke that says, unless you repent, you will perish. So, point number one, there is hope for every single person that we know, in school, co-worker, neighbor, relative. And we need to keep praying for them. We need to keep looking for times that we can open the scripture to them. We, we need not to put them on this uh, do not pray for a list over here. I prayed for them. They're not coming. Their heart's cold. They don't ever seem to be open to the things of God. No, you just keep looking for opportunities. You keep praying. You have hope for them. 
The only time that that will change, the only time that the hope for them is gone, is the moment they breathe their last breath. If they have not repented, all hope is gone. And some of you have come from a church that taught you that hope isn't gone after you die, that there's a second chance, that you can be prayed out of this intermediate space. You will not find that truth in God's Word. The Bible says it like this, man is appointed once to die, and after death, the judgment. So when you and I breathe our last, if we've repented and we're following Jesus Christ, and it's true, to heaven we go. If not, there is no hope. That's a very sad truth. Second, turn with me to 1 Timothy, almost toward the end of your Bible, chapter 4. There is hope for today. Biblical hope, when we talk about biblical hope, it has a, a current concept and a, a future concept. There's an element of today and there's a component for the future. So there's a present part that we want to talk about. And Timothy just addresses it really very quickly in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says this, for physical training is of some value. In other words, as we get on our bikes and go to the spa and all that stuff, that's good. There's some good value to it. Keeps you healthy. But godliness, in other words, the spiritual part of us, has value for all things. Here's the part I want you to understand. Holding promise or hope for both the present life and the life to come. So there is a, an element of hope that is for today, for right now. This is the key to effective Christian living. We must remember that God designed our lives to be now lived with joy, with abundance. When we came to Christ, we didn't come to Christ just for this future pie-in-the-sky kind of deal. Moon pie. How many of you were raised with moon pies and RC colas? Look at, man, this, this, yeah, I knew this southern group. Some of you from California say, what? What's an RC cola? Whatever. We didn't come to Christ with this future kind of deal out there, pie in the sky. We're to live and enjoy life right now. You're close by. Let's turn back a little bit to 1 Peter chapter 1. Pastor Mark, what do you mean I can have hope here, now, as a Christian? How does that affect my life? What does that look like? Well, Peter tells us, by the way, the whole first Peter is just filled with hope. The principles that we're talking about tonight. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth, and here's the words I want you to underline, into a living hope. Score that underlined circle it. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and in an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. So in other words, when we came to Christ, we don't only have a future hope, which we'll talk about in a moment. I have a present hope right now. I have the joy of serving Jesus Christ right now. It's a living hope that's placed in me. It's already guaranteed it's here. It's done. It's finished. It doesn't have a 90-day guarantee and it expires. It's in me. 
The hope that's in with me is that hope that gives me the encouragement to live life now. So as a Christian, consider this. I have it better. You have it better as a Christian in spite of our trials and our persecutions and trouble than people in the world. Because I always have hope for today. Well, you say, what do you mean you have hope for today? Well, think about this. I have a clear conscience because my sins have been forgiven. That's a great thing to lay down at night and know. Second, I have purpose and meaning in my life. That allows me to have living hope. I'm alive because what God's done in my heart. I was on the phone, interesting, about 4.30 this afternoon. I was called United Airlines in the, in the special desk because I've flown a lot of miles. Uh, I'm a frequent flyer with them. And I talked to the gal, and I was trying to get some tickets for a future trip and whatever and so forth. And as I talked, she said, well, you're going to have to go to the airport tomorrow. I said, oh, man, the weekend's really a busy, hard time for me to go to the airport, turn the tickets and whatever. And I, I just mentioned, because I do this quite often, I'll mention something about Christ. I mentioned I was a pastor. She said, oh, you're a pastor. And she began talking immediately about God. And then she began to talk about Christ. And I said, I can tell that you're a born-again Christian. She said, oh, absolutely, I am. So as we went through the conversation, here's what she said to me. I'm concerned that I may lose my job. It took me 10 years to get the job that I have. And I know God has placed me here. I get a chance to witness over and over and over and over again. Would you just pray for me tomorrow in your services that God... If that's where he wants me, will keep me at this place because that's where I want to be. I said, no, I won't pray tomorrow. I'm going to pray with you right now. So I just said, put your thing on hold and we prayed. We prayed right on the phone. She's praying right with me in the background. We have living hope when? Right now. Do you believe God heard our prayer? Absolutely. Do you believe that phone call's by accident? No more than the man walking in and getting the sunglasses is not by accident. So we are here for a reason. We can have joy in our heart. We can have peace in our heart. We can have purpose and meaning in our life. I have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. And beside that, I have Christian friends to encourage, support, comfort, give me a holy kick once in a while, keep me going over a coffee or a cafe or a devil's delight cake or whatever they got out there these days, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, guys, think of what you have in Christ tonight. It doesn't get any better than this. I'm serious. We have to realize what we have. And so what Peter says is we have this living hope. We have this living hope. Say it with me, it doesn't get any better than this. Just say it. Now, some of you said it with absolutely no hope. So say it as if you like you just had a piece of chocolate cake and it was really good. Say it, it, that's exactly right. Good job. Good job. And turn with me to John 15, 16. You see, there is a calling in my life. I have a hope. And there's a calling now. I need to be positive. It's time for all of us as Christians to have an attitude check. Are we positive about today and where you're living? John 15, 16 says this. This is written to all Christians. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now just stop and think about that for a moment. Look at me. If you're a Christian tonight, God chose you to live with him forever. That's good. I was thinking, I'm usually fairly good or have been in the past of seeing who's here and who isn't here. 
I have a problem now. It's called the overflow room. <laughs> I don't know who's over there, but I'm going to solve the problem. I'm going to get a scanner or a video so I can see who's in that service. <laughs> Somebody's going to help me with that. See, that's, that's an issue. You say, well, why do you care who's here? I care. I'm a shepherd. The elders care. That's why we have service coordinators helping us now in our services, because the elders can spend more time looking and praying with you and being around you. We care for you here. You, you see, God chose you specially. Now you say, well, I'm not a Christian tonight. Did God choose me? When we give the altar call, accept him, he chose you. Continue to reject it till the day you die. Maybe he didn't choose you. Well, that's not fair. Then just choose him tonight. And the problem's over with. Amen. Let's read on. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last. That has nothing to do with heaven. It has to do with here, right now, today. So you've been chosen by God to produce fruit. You want to know what fruit is? We have a whole series on the fruit. You can get the tapes. Then the Father, look at this next promise. The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now you'll hear on TV that that means you can ask for anything. No, that only means you can ask for that which is God's will for your life. See, if I'm attached to the vine, I would never ask for something on my own. I always ask for something that the gardener knows is good for me. So understand that principle. So let me ask you as a Christian tonight, it's kind of an attitude check. Do you have hope tonight as a Christian? For right now, for the day you're living in, then let's live like it. Show it to your face. Hang out afterward. Talk with Meet somebody new tonight. Say, this thing is exciting, serving God. Start hanging with people. That's what it's all about. Future is coming. It's full of hope, but there's hope for right now, today. Check your attitude. Is it positive? Is it full on for God? Number three, turn to First John 1, 9. You know it, but turn to it anyway. Point number three, there's hope after failure. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. We never fail, so. I call that new hope. New hope. There's hope after failure. Let me give you a list as you're turning to 1 John 1, 9. Let me give you a list of some Bible characters, and I want you to tell me after I've given you that list what they have in common. You ready? Here we go. Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, Samson, Jacob, David, Jonah, Peter, Paul, Thomas. What do they have in common? They all what? They all failed. I was with my wife, my beautiful wife. She's home now, so I have to talk about her a little differently. Not that I talked about her negatively last week, but just that she didn't get the tape yet, so I'm still alive. <laughs> we were having lunch yesterday, and uh, she drove her car because I, I met her at the place where we were having lunch. And I went out after lunch. We both got in our cars, and I turned the click. <laughs> Batteries totally dead. Drained. You see, the battery in my car was like a lot of people after failure. There's a very, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a very difficult word 
When I say this word tonight, hopeless, that's a really a negative word, hopeless. You see, it's a depressing word. And Satan is out to drain us, just like my battery, just to drain us of our hope. And where he loves to do that is after failure. One of the great things you ought to do this week for homework, I listed those people. Take one or two of them and go through and see their failure, see what happened after their failure. You see, all of these people had great failures, but they were all given another chance by God to have new hope. 1 John 1, nine says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you know who that verse is written to? Raise your hand. Raise your other hand. It's written to us. It's written to Christians. It's for a Christian. Well, why would that be for a Christian? Because God knew we would what? Fail. Christian, think of the last time you failed. You know when, when we fail? We get angry with ourselves. I know this because I fail like you. We can't believe we allow the flesh to do that. Sometimes it just absolutely does what? It just drained the hope right out of us. And Satan's over there going, go ahead, put the key in. Just go ahead, try it. Click and click and click. But we can go down to the spiritual Walmart (laughs) and have a new battery put in. Praise God. Huh? And that's one of the things we're doing here tonight. You just drive on in. The gal knew me. She said, all change. I said, no new battery. About an hour, bop, there it is. I walk in the waiting room. Here's somebody from church. I spend the next 25 minutes talking to him from church. Praise God. Cost me 43 bucks or whatever, but God wanted me to talk to the person there. Cheap time. Huh? God knows, doesn't he? See, you're here tonight. Some of you, your battery is drained. We call that depression, discouragement. Some of you have that black cloud it's hanging over you. You failed. You're living among it. And the enemy says to you, forget it. There's no hope here. You might make it to heaven, but you're not going to enjoy life. I want to tell you tonight that Satan is a liar. We can have new hope. First Peter 2.25 says this, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Do you know who wrote that verse? His name is Peter. Did Peter ever fail? Let's start counting. (laughs) Look what he writes. But now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. What does that mean? The overseer of your soul. Wow. The more we learn about biblical hope, the more it seems like everyone should want some. Biblical hope has both present and future components, and it's important we tap into both to maximize the effect we have on the world around us. When we're prepared to share the reason for the hope that we have, we join hands with God to spread the good news to help others to do life right because it gives them hope for today and eternity. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. The Bible is full of men and women who failed time after time to live a hope-filled life. They caved into the uncertainty of what their futures held and began to doubt the promises of God. Their examples are living proof of the fact that there's hope after failure. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll learn how Jesus has the first and last word when it comes to hope, despite what happens in between. Until then, God bless. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for this